You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Friday, July the 20th of 2021. I am your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in. And the Cardinals have a big-time series win, as we're going to talk about that today, as well as talk about the big upcoming series that starts tonight against the Cincinnati Reds. Ooh, man, how close is that to a sweep this week against the Chicago Cubs? Nevertheless, I don't think anybody is complaining with the Cardinals taking three of four against the division rival. So I uh, mentioned on yesterday's show that today is a crossover for segments two and three. Uh, with this first segment, we're breaking down this Cubs game that happened last night as well as a series. Get my thoughts on it. it. It was a really, really solid series. It was an exciting series. Even on even the, the heartbreak on Tuesday for the St. Louis Cardinals, it, it was a very entertaining and exciting series. So before we get into any of that, today's title sponsor is Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms today. So let's, let's let's just not waste any time because Jeff Carr of Locked on Reds and I talked for a, a little while about the Cincinnati Reds Cardinals series coming up this week, this weekend, as well as uh, what what a buyer and a seller might look like between these two two teams. Uh, two quick notes. Um, second sponsor that we talk about is Bet Online. I talk about taking the money line for KK Kim. I was right there, but uh, the second sponsor today is also Bet Online, so you can still be sure to go to Bet Online, and I'll tell you more about that in a little while. And also, just a reminder, this microphone is a backup mic uh, for the time being. I should be back on a regular mic next week, so I apologize for that. Okay, Whew. deep breath. And we really can't take too many deep breaths because every game is, is a must-win at this point for St. Louis. And especially after Tuesday night, the last two nights have been incredibly important in terms of what this Cardinals season outlook looks like. I mean, the outlook changed from Tuesday night to Thursday night. They, they could not have been more different because following Tuesday night's loss, you really thought the season could be over with the outlook and with the upcoming series. And you really just didn't know. And I get it's one game. Some people have told me overreacting on Twitter one way or the other. Still should say even Keelan. I get all that. But the way they're playing right now, one point that I want to make real quick is that you have a lot of guys that are heating up all at the same time, and they're really the top three in your lineup. Goldschmidt's hitting streak ended yesterday, but he was still on base twice. Carlson had a historic performance. Arnato has been driving the ball lately. O'Neill has been consistent as ever. But even just looking at those top three, if those top three, if your one, two, three hitters are all going at the same time, and when they're all as talented as the Cardinals' top three hitters are, that that's a pretty deadly lineup. So Carlson, just to kind of hit on him, I didn't really hit on him in the Locked On Now video, but he three for four with three extra base hits, a home run, two doubles. Talk about an impressive no impressive night. One of those doubles I get was a little blue pit, but still, John Carlson is starting to get locked in. He's been kind of slumping here as of late. But he's one of my points that I mentioned on yesterday's show. If you missed it, I talked about how dynamic this outfield can be, Dylan Carlson being one of the members of said outfield, and he put it on display yesterday with his with his offensive performance. O'Neill and Bader were hitless, but boy, oh boy, did both of them make some dandy plays in the outfield. That's what I mean when these both all three of these guys, if they have an off night at the plate, then they're going to make up for it with spectacular plays in the field. 
Dylan Carlson showed you what he can do with the bat, Bader and O'Neill with their gloves. They all impact the game in just about every facet. So even though, yes, two-thirds of the outfit last night went a combined over 8, I'm still very comfortable with the point that I made on yesterday's show about this outfield having the chance to be a dynamic outfield and one that can be one of the more deadly ones in the entire and in the entire MLB, in the entire league. I stand by that firmly. Had, had they realized it yet? No, not totally. I understand that. But Dylan Carlson showing us uh, how good he could be with the bat and the defense that I mentioned. I mean, how good was that play by Harrison Bader running 177 or 72 feet to make that diving catch? Tyler O'Neill made an adjustment mid-route mid as well. And defense does not stop there. Nolan Arenado. A couple of dandy plays again today, and Arenado putting his stamp on the game with a home run as well. Nolan Arenado has looked like he's gotten a home run about four or five, six times this past series. I mean, the ball just looks so good off of his bat right now that every out is, is a loud out at the moment. He's making solid contact, and I feel, it just looks like he's driving the ball at a consistent rate that he just hasn't this season. Even though he went one for four, He's just making more solid contact now than he was earlier on in the season. And that's a great thing to see for St. Louis as we start to get into the dog days of uh, late July and in August. But it was the defense that, that aided the starter. Because as we make a quick transition here, K.K. Kim was impeccable yet again yesterday as he goes six innings, two hits, two earned, a walk, and seven strikeouts. And he just continues the streak of good pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a cliche, I say it a lot, but when this team pitches well, they win. We're seeing that post-All-Star break. They're 5-2 and post-All-Star break, and a lot of that has to do with the quality of their starting pitching from Woodford to Oviedo to Wainwright to Kim. I mean, LeBlanc was even pretty solid on Sunday, but you just look at this team, this, this is one turn through the rotation, and all the starters pitched pretty well. That puts a lot of importance on Woodford or LeBlanc, Woodford, Oviedo this week, and I get that. But just take a look at this past run through the rotation and how good they were. When this team pitches, they win. I'll do my best to not say that again this on this episode. But this team has, when they're right, really, really solid and really exciting pitching. KK Kim was phenomenal once again. His score the streak did come to an end, but he pitches well enough to get the win. And I'll be honest, I thought Shilp pulled him a little early. Uh, but but the bullpen was able to, to make it stick. Ryan Helsley gave up a hit. But other than that, zeros. TJ McFarland had himself a pretty nice series, turning or inducing two really key double plays the last couple of nights. Uh, one of them, obviously, Thursday, and then a big one in the 10th inning. That uh, was a big part of Edmundo Sosa. Or big, um, Edmundo Sosa was the main reason that became a double play because of the baseball instincts there, but still. And then uh, Alex Reyes turns around, strikes out two, Big rebound appearance from Alex Reyes. Big rebound appearance from Alex Reyes after really one of the worst outings of his career, or at least one of the worst bullpen outings of his career, especially to recent memory on Tuesday. He turns around. He does walk a man, but he pitches a scoreless ninth. I I think that he's still going to be a better starter than a reliever. I think he has A-plus stuff all the way around. He's going to be a solid starter next year. But this is still a high-quality reliever and a top-tier closer in the game of baseball, in my opinion. I was having a conversation with some different people throughout the last couple of days. I still think Giovanni Gallegos is probably the best reliever in the bullpen. 
But Alex Reyes right now is, is the closer. Schultz a traditionalist, so Schultz, Reyes is going to get those saved opportunities. But it was big for Reyes to, to, to get that save and, and to lock it down and to lock down a Cardinal win because all these ninth innings have been pretty stressful uh, outside of Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were all pretty stressful ones, and I tweeted this out. All three of these games had a feeling of September or postseason baseball. And I really think every single game from here on out is going to have that feeling for St. Louis because of the hole they dug themselves with the bad June. They need to play so incredibly well from here on out to have even a shot at the playoffs. And I'll talk about this a little bit with Jeff Carr coming up, but if the Cardinals are able to take care of business this weekend against the Reds, they could be in second place by the time this weekend is over. They, if the Brewers get swept by the White Sox, and that's a very real possibility because the White Sox are fantastic, they could be as close to four games out. That, that's the closest they could be at the end of the, end of the weekend. That, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, the, the Cardinals have fought, scratched, and clawed to get where they are, and they're going to need to continue to do that. But this win, the series win, is a statement series win. Because the Cardinals are now a game above 500. One game separates them from Cincinnati, and uh, they're, they're seven back as we start play on, uh, on Friday from the Milwaukee Brewers. This Cardinal team is resilient. I still think that they need to make additions and changes at the trading deadline because this team, as it stands right now, I don't think it is really capable of, of making the full push. They, they have a lot of holes that we, we've seen even throughout this winning streak. They need a bench bat. They need a bullpen piece. I'd still go for a starter if the price isn't too high. But again, I'll talk about that a little bit more with Jeff Carr coming up in a moment. But lots of credit to where credit is due at the same time recognizing there's work to be done because both can be true. So credit to where credit is due, positive win for the Cardinals. And now let's go continue to take care of business against Cincinnati Reds because it's always about how can you build off of what just happened. Time for the Cardinals to build off of what just happened and go take care of business against the Reds. And uh, that's going to do it for segment number one. It was a very fun and exciting and dynamic week at Bush Stadium. Hopefully the Cardinals can take the momentum into Cincinnati and play well. But before I turn things over to Jeff Carr and myself, I do want to let you guys know about Built Bar. And there are many delicious flavors. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's something for everybody. My go-to is if you're a longtime listener, you know this. If you're a new listener, you're going to learn this. My favorite is double chocolate. All these bars are covered 100% in chocolate. I love chocolate, so therefore, the double chocolate is for me. But get yourself a mix box to get two of each of the nine delicious flavors. And you might think to yourself, well, if they're covered in chocolate, then they're probably not that healthy. You'd be incorrect. Most of these bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories are ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty all healthy. So order today, get the raspberry, get the double chocolate, get whatever you'd like. And just to entice you a little bit more, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go ahead, get the protein bar that the U.S. track and field team is eating. So order today at Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. One more time, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. It really feels like a 
resetting of the season between the Reds and the Cardinals. This has been so long. I mean, I like the last time that the Reds and Cardinals played, and I know that you don't, but that probably means that this series is going to be hotly contested when they come to Cincinnati for three games this weekend, especially for the fact I, I hated seeing Jeff Hoffman pitch at the end of the Mets series, but that also means that the Reds are going to have their top three pitchers available. Are we going to be looking at Jack Flaherty and Wainwright and those guys this weekend? Sadly, Wainwright went yesterday and Kim is going tonight. So, and Flaherty is still hurt. So thanks for bringing that oh, up. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so you'll be looking probably at a Wade LeBlanc, a Jake Woodford and a Johan Oviedo. Those are probably the three you're going to be looking at. Sadly, we don't get our Jake Woodford, Nick Castellanos rematch. Yeah. I think Castellanos is still hurt. So uh, sadly we won't get that. So, the you know the, the immediate outlook is oh no for St. Louis because you've got your bottom three starters but Woodford and Oviedo both turned in really really solid outings against the Chicago Cubs Oviedo still looking for his first major league win so it's a big if but if they can pitch to that level again you feel pretty good as a St. Louis Cardinal and the offense is finally starting to click at least a little bit so things are starting to turn the Cardinals direction a little bit but again I, I preface all this by saying tonight's game against Chicago is, is extremely important for um, for going forward for St. Louis. Absolutely I mean they could come into uh, Cincinnati really having a shot to flip the standings should the Cardinals play well this weekend and you guys have really gone through the weeds when it comes to all the injuries and stuff you mentioned Flaherty's still there but getting some guys back and how has that really shuffled the roster around what are some guys that the Reds saw in the past series in St. Louis that won't be here today because of guys coming back from injury. Well, I, I guess I'll flip the answer around. You're going to see Harrison Bader this weekend. I can't remember if he was in the series against uh, Cincinnati, but Harrison Bader has been on an absolute tear since he came back from the injured list. He, he is one of the more polarizing figures on Cardinals Twitter. You either love him or you hate him, but he's hitting over 350 and since his return from the IL. He had the game-tying hit yesterday, uh, or, or Wednesday, I should say. So he, he's going to be, one, in my opinion, one of the bigger difference makers in the Cardinal lineup if he's able to continue hitting like he is. Um, he's, he's one of those guys, I think this entire outfield, I talked in the podcast on Thursday on my podcast, the entire outfield has a chance to flash five tools on any given night. So Harrison Bader coming back and performing to the level that he's expected to perform is huge for St. Louis. And again, it, it's, it's a matter about how consistent can you be with it. But so far, uh, Harrison Bader, I think, is the big guy returning for St. Louis that, that I'm keeping my eye on in the, in the next couple weeks or so. That's good to hear that uh, seeing him, a guy that we have not seen here recently, at least. Um, when it comes to uh, the leadoff hitter who is a rookie who isn't as good as Jonathan Indy, I forget the guy's name. Oh, um, <laughs> Carlson, I think that's the name you're looking for there. It's going to be interesting to see these two dudes because I know Carlson kind of profiled, at least early on in the season, as more of a middle-of-the-lineup guy. What's kind of pushed him to the leadoff spot? Tommy Edmonds struggles. Um, Tommy Edmonds started the season as a leadoff hitter, had a really good opening series against Cincinnati, um, had a really good start to his season, but uh, Edmonds has just fallen off the table. Granted, he had a couple of hits yesterday, but hitting left-handed is almost non-existent for Edmonds anymore. I mean, he, he's hitting over 300 right-handed and in the low 200s left-handed. Um, so that, that's been a big issue. So that's, that's kind of pushed Carlson up. That pushes Goldschmidt to second, uh, Goldschmidt third. And what's really helped as well, Jeff, is Tyler O'Neill has come into his own. So you're comfortable hitting him cleanup. So because before you didn't really have a cleanup hitter. And now with Tyler O'Neill's resurgence or come to form, if you will, you're a lot more comfortable hitting uh, Carlson first because you have 
O'Neill's uh, confidence as a cleanup hitter. So it'll be fun to watch. I think that Carlson and India, we, we went into the season thinking it was going to be Carlson versus Hayes over in Pittsburgh, right? But now it's Carlson versus India for really at least the NL Central Rookie of the Year award. What's one thing, I'm going to switch it around and ask questions for you. What's one thing you really like about Jonathan India's game? Golly, I don't know. He's got like some kind of bionic eye or something. <laughs> he knows when a pitch is out of the zone because there there were a couple of times like watching him against Corbin Burns and some ace dudes on the mound that just threw perfect pitches like sliders that begin at the corner of the zone and break away like unhittable type breaking pitches just sits there and watches him and he he takes that walk not gonna say that it really takes a lot of talent to get hit by a pitch i mean not a whole lot of people know who huey jennings is the career leader for hit by pitches but he seems to get plunked a lot i I don't know what's going on there but he he gets on base just about any way possible he hit another home run this uh two days ago now i about said yesterday two days ago um off of uh, robert stock i believe it was so it's it's nice to see that he can flash the power every so often, but just overall, he has been the best leadoff hitter since Shinsu Chu, and and Shinsu Chu had like other world on base numbers in 2013. He got on base over 43 percent of the time, and Jonathan India is right there with him. And he just he didn't quite have as much power as Chu had, but it's just been phenomenal to see a guy who the only way that we used to talk about Jonathan India these last couple of years is, well, will the Reds go trade him for this guy or will they go get this guy and, you know, use Jonathan India as part of the deal? He was always a prospect. We figured we'd not be part of the Reds when he came up. But lo and behold, he's been a just really important part of whatever success the Reds have had this season. And I'm looking forward to seeing. He is a guy that is unquestionably the leadoff hitter. Like even when Nick Senzel comes back, he's a guy that whenever he first got brought up to the major leagues, we thought one day this guy could be the leadoff hitter. It is unquestionable to me that Jonathan India has taken the reins of the leadoff spot and is not giving it back. Well, getting hit by a pitch is something the Cardinals dish out very well. They hit five in Wednesday's game against <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. So I guarantee you. Um, I don't know what the, there's probably a bet online number about it somewhere. I'm betting Jonathan India gets hit at least one time this this series. And Sinshu Chu is a throwback name. I like that reference. It's a throwback. It's awesome. Yeah. It's it's a bummer because he is a hindsight 2020 guy because he was the dude who bridged the gap for the Reds in the leadoff spot and waiting for Billy Hamilton to come up and get ready. And then just Billy Hamilton had no plate discipline whatsoever. So you kind of go back and it almost makes you wonder. It's like, man, if you could redo that, but it wasn't that they traded him. It was that he became a free agent and signed a mega deal with the Rangers. So it's not as if you could get the Reds to redo that because the word mega deal really seems to just spook the crap out of this ownership group. Uh, (laughs) So that probably wouldn't have happened, but no, it's, it's been interesting. And you mentioned this too, and this was something that uh, maybe I tried to be over optimistic and gloss over, but definitely will be a factor in something that we talk about here in just a few minutes about buying and selling. But Nick Castellanos uh, revealed on a interview with Chris Rose on the Chris Rose rotation on Instagram live uh, that he has a micro fracture in his wrist. Whenever he initially got hit by the pitch and he, he rounded the bases on that. He ended up coming around to score after getting hit by the pitch on the wrist. And then he came out of the game the following inning. They, they said, well, it's not broke. It's fine. He'll just miss a couple of days and he'll be back. 
but then he missed a couple of more days. And then he got brought in as a pinch hitter late in that debacle that was Monday night against the Mets. And you saw him, well, he came in as a defensive replacement, and then he hit in the following inning. And when he made contact, he made really solid contact, but the ricochet that it caused, because you could tell his wrist wasn't fully strong enough, that it basically cost him a home run because he always swings right through that pitch and it's an easy home run for him, but it ricocheted and like took his bat back, took his hands back and it turned into a warning track fly ball. And he hasn't played since then. And when you bring a guy into a game late, you kind of figure, all right, he's healthy. He's good. We'll see him in the lineup the next day. Mm, No. And we didn't see him as a pinch hitter either. And then he didn't start the following day after that. And it's like, Oh, what did we do? Did we make this worse? So now it's going to be interesting to see if he hits the IL, which will drastically affect what happens with him at the trade deadline. And it could just be a full on disaster. And that's on top of the fact that the Reds have lost five of six since the all-star break. So it's like, yeah, things are going really good here. And this is, I swear it's a, sparkling water it is not alcoholic but that might be later on no gosh no <laughs> yeah well I, I just turned 21 about a week ago jeff so if the cardinals go on this downward trend we, we, we can enjoy those beverages together <laughs> well, there we go it's it, it's interesting to note because we talked about how tight this division was in the spring training portion of this year and looking at it now golly how wrong we were it's like the brewers and then everybody else is just waving as they go by I think I, I saw the Brewers having this type of success because of t- the type of pitching they have, yeah. but I didn't see the Cardinals struggling this much. I didn't see the Reds struggling this much. I didn't see the Cubs going from red hot to ice cold in about four days. Yeah, <laughs> But I, I, I definitely think that this division, it, it might be decided by the trade deadline. Because yeah. I think if the Reds or Cardinals can get within striking distance, because I think they're only you know seven, seven, six and a half and seven and a half games out as we record right now. If the Cardinals or Reds can get into striking distance with the Milwaukee Brewers, say four to five games, somewhere that area, by July 30th or 31st, I think that this division is winnable for either one of these teams. I, I believe so. And, and you know what? We'll get into that here in just a minute because I do want to talk more about that. Real quick, though, let's shout out our sponsor, betonline.ag. If you go there today and you set up your profile, use the promo code locked on, you'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. They've got great lines when it comes to Major League Baseball. The NBA Finals are over, so there's nothing there, but they do have NFL futures that are coming up. But with baseball taking center stage in the sporting world, Plus, I'm sure they'll have some stuff with the Olympics or something like that. But there's all kind of great prop bets. you got money lines, over-unders, all that great stuff every single day with Major League Baseball games. And from time to time, I'll try and give you a tip. I don't have a strong leaning uh, one way or the other today, Lucas. Are you feeling any sort of way about Cubs Cardinals? Or did you see anything today that you're like, you know what? I would take that. I'm taking the Cardinals today because of KK Kim. With KK Kim on the mound, He's been solid, 18-plus ending scoreless streak. I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals in that uh, in that money line. There you go. Jump on the Cardinals money line today at betonline.ag. And when you go there, set up your profile with the promo code locked on to save or to get 50% more added onto your initial deposit. All right, so we talked about this series a little bit, kind of previewing some stuff, seeing that the Reds will have the top of the rotation going, and uh, the lineup might not be at full strength with Castellanos, probably going to be out for maybe this entire series. 
let's talk about big picture because we are coming into the week of the trade deadline. I baseball fans and uh, baseball talking heads and, and everybody alike talk about the trade deadline pretty much from opening day and sometimes in you know spring training, things like that. What are the Reds going to do? What are the Cardinals going to do? What are, what are the Dodgers? What are the White Sox? What are the Mets? What's everybody going to do? They're going to be buyers or sellers. Now, a lot of it is assuming that if they have a winning record, they're going to be buyers, or if they have a losing record, they're going to be sellers. But we all know that there's more factors to that. Let's start off with you. What do you think about the Cardinals' position right now? Because it seems like they and the Reds are in the same spot where the season hangs on the edge of a knife. It's a big if. It's a big if on both sides. It's a big if on if the Cardinals win tonight. It's a big if on if the Reds or Cardinals win the weekend series. It's a big if on what Milwaukee does this weekend against the White Sox. If Milwaukee loses two out of three and the Cardinals win two out of three, you gain a couple of games, you got to buy quick, right? So I think we will know, in my opinion, we'll know by Sunday whether this team is going to be a buyer or a seller. However, I don't think this team sells. So I think this team is either going to buy or stand pat because – What's weird about this Cardinals season is that they've had so many injuries and so many people underperforming that June was just historically bad. So I don't think that the the, the core of this team is going to lead if if this team is not going to win the season. I think they're just going to say, okay, the season is what it is and move on. But it's just so bizarre because the Cardinals and Cubs have are are one game separated in the standings, but the Cubs are in a completely different position. What are are the Reds also going to look at this weekend and then kind of assess their needs? It's interesting because every time they ask the general manager, Nick crawl about like, well, did this last win solidify your thinking that we're a seller and things like, or that we're a buyer and things like that. And he's like, Oh, well, you know, we've been thinking about this for a while, but I think logistically it's gotta like with the way that things have changed over these past six games, if the reds drop two out of three to the Cardinals at home this weekend, you really got to think about getting creative. And most fans are advocates for the idea that the Reds could get creative and do kind of like what they did in 2019 and 2009 when they made deals at the deadline for guys that would help them out next year. Maybe you bring in like a Trevor Bauer or maybe you bring in like a Scott Rowland or something like that. The issue is going to be how do you do that? Because that's where the front office really needs. There's not been a measuring tool to really evaluate this front office yet because during the offseason they went through the turmoil of changing hands a general manager with the president or you know vp of baseball operations dick williams stepping down nick crawl taking over as general manager and the the position if you will of vp of baseball ops remaining vacant and, and then they were basically hamstrung by trading rice Iglesias and and DFA and Archie Bradley just to make sure that they save money. So to kind of judge them on that, you can't do. This is where it really begins. How do they handle this trade deadline? Not only just buyers or sellers, but what do they do to do that? Because probably going to have to overpay. If you want to call the Rockies and ask about Trevor's story, you're probably going to have to overpay. And who knows if the Cubs even want to deal in division. They're probably not going to. They're probably going to look outside the division to sell. And then if you call up the twins and you want Taylor Rogers or something like that, there's going to be lots to move. And are the Reds going to be willing to do that? I, I have this really boring suspicion that they're going to be boring and do nothing. 
But I think if anything, they're probably going to look to buy for next year and not this year, because as much as I love to be optimistic and you know me, Lucas, I um, said that Eugenio Suarez was going to be the best third baseman in the National League. Uh, and wow. now now it's like, well, it didn't work out very well. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's not even the best third baseman on the team right now. Um, I yeah, that's a whole another segment. But yeah, um, right. I, these last couple of days have turned me from an optimist for 2021 to a 2021 realist. And for real, do the Reds have the bullpen fire? No, they don't have great bullpen. But does getting one or two relief pitchers fix everything going on with this team? They don't have a fifth starter. They can re, you know, basically have a revolving door, a saloon door for Jeff Hoffman, Vladimir Gutierrez, Tony Santian. But I don't know that you get that much better with any one of those guys. So then you look at that, their shortstop position while Kyle farmer has been okay with the glove. He's not a great hitter and he has shown that he's very vulnerable in that area. And you also look at a Eugenio Suarez, what happens with him when Senzel and Moustakas come back? How do you deal with all of these questions? Plus you've got expiring contracts and Wade Miley and Tucker Barnhart. You do have team options for both, but they are likely not going to be picked up by this uh, frugal front office. Uh, so what do you do with all that? And the biggest question that everyone has on their mind and that every Reds fan worries about even more so, I think, than wins and losses now at this point is will Nick Castellanos opt out? Mm. And I don't know that you're going to get that answer out of Scott Boris before it's time for him for, before it's like the deadline day. So you're not going to be able to call up Scott Boris before next Friday and be like, Hey, you got to opt out. Should we get rid you know, should we move on from you? It's not going to happen. So the front office has a lot of decisions to make. And I think the worst thing that they could do is the most likeliest thing that they're going to do and sit on their hands. Well, that's kind of, it's funny that you bring up all these different wrinkles because I feel like sometimes as fans, as media, we don't always think about all those different things. Yeah. There's two things that I forgot to mention for St. Louis that we talked about a little bit earlier. Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty are both going to come back within the next yeah. couple weeks, couple months anyways, or you know, month or so. Michaelis is starting his rehab assignment soon, and Flaherty is playing catch and throwing live BP. So, though, I mean, to say that you're, you're that those are two trades right there, you're getting starting pitching doesn't exactly work out <laughs> the way you think. But also that, that those, those are two starters that you that you didn't have today right. that you don't have today, right? So it, the, do you want to buy starters or you, do you go for the reliever market because you know that you're going to get these two starters back? And with Flaherty, you know what you're going to get. Like Flaherty, solid. I think he's a solidified ace, two at, at, at a, on a bad day. So th- there's so many different things to think about. But if, I, if I'm the Cardinals. And, and they let's say for hypothetical that they win tonight and they go out and beat the Reds two out of three, the Brewers lose two out of three or get swept by the White Sox. I'm buying bullpen arms and I'm looking for a bench bat if I'm St. Louis. Because right now you've got Matt Carpenter off the bench. He, he's going to be a hit or miss here and there. I don't really like that phrase, hit or miss, because technically speaking, everything is hit or miss, but I use it all the time. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I digress. I think the Cardinals get a bench bat and they need a bullpen piece or two. Because if you're not named Genesis Cabrera, Alex Reyes, or Giovanni Gallegos, I, there's little to no trust in you right now because it, it's been that way the whole season. Yeah, guys have had their moments, but those three consistently, day in and day out, have been the most effective since April 1. So there are so many different things to think about. But for, for both teams, I think this series in July is as important as a series in, in July can get for both of these teams when you look at the future of this season. It's... Uh... It's the most overused cliche in all of sports, but it's a must win for both teams. Absolutely. Uh, 
obviously, obviously it's not a must lose. There's no such thing, but, um, unless the Pittsburgh I, I think, Pirates wanting a number one pick. <laughs> yeah. Golly. I, I forgot. I need to go through and watch the condensed games of the diamondbacks and pirates and see how good that <laughs> good that was. Um, and by the way, shout out to other games, not reds and Cardinals. Uh, why don't the brewers play the Royals more? Because right? that would be great for everybody else in the central. If that happened, like, how about that? That was crazy. That was unbelievable. Did not see that happening. But watch, they're going to go out and sweep <laughs> the White Sox this weekend because that's how baseball works. You know, it's just, it's just bizarre. Baseball is weird. That's a, that's exactly right. I mean, and that's the thing that I keep thinking about. Like, if for some reason, because it's still conceivable, we're, we're not talking about teams that are mathematically eliminated, but they're probably it's very not super plausible. And I always I always hate admitting this, but there's a lot that has to go right for the Reds to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But if that were to happen, if we were to get to that point in the season where the Reds are playing in October, we will still look back on the fact that the Reds played six games against the Diamondbacks and lost five. Right. I still ugh, I can't believe it. Anyway, that's we're getting way off topic there. That's just me bloviating. Uh, Lucas, dude. Always fun having you on the podcast. Where can people follow you for this series to get the Cardinal side of things? Absolutely. Head over to Twitter at LJ Fastball. That's my personal one. Head over to Twitter and Instagram for the show at LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show with any questions, comments, complaints, or concerns at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to follow the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast. There you go. And for the Cardinals fans looking for the red side of things, you can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. And you can drop me some questions if you like or hate mail, whatever it is, at the Locked on Reds line 513-549-0159 with your calls and your texts as well. But that'll do it for us here today. Lucas, I thank you so much for coming on. And talking about this series, it's going to be a lot of fun. When these two teams get together, it always is. And and Jake Woodford can take solace in knowing that the poster that was outside of Great American Ballpark of Nick Castellanos flexing over him is now a poster of Jesse Winker rounding the bases and yelling, let's go. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm sure Jake Woodford will will gain some sleep back knowing that sign's no longer there. (laughs) 